This is uh, Kyle Kennedy of the Indie Edge, and thank you for listening to the Beatball Blue Show. <laughs> now listen up. It's that time of year when Bam Bam's teaching, coaching football, raising kids, all that selfish stuff he does outside of the Beatball Blues show. So he wasn't able to jump in with us this week, but we will get him back in the mix soon. Joining me from your 2023 NBBA champion. I've got four members of the Indy Edge. We got the walk-off king, Corey White. We got the defensive MVP, Eric Rodriguez. We got the man walking around on one leg, Aaron C. And we've got our Jim Quinn award winner for 2023, Leah Michaels. Hey, everybody. Thank you. I'll start with you, Leah. Thank you for throwing this together, making sure you get all these folks together with us. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> you could join in with more than sure, sure. Uh, my dog my dog's going crazy here so <laughs> oh excellent no we're big fans of dogs around here so it's all good Aaron see it's been like three years since you've been on the show welcome back I appreciate it thanks for the invite no problem at all you're somebody I got a chance to shake hands with out at the world series I appreciated that enjoyed that you you're a big man Aaron see I try. A lot of steak. You're a pretty big guy, too. I was, you know, a little shocked. I was like, okay. Had that old like, rustic jersey on. I don't know how you used to play in that thing. <laughs> the, the, the West Coast dogs didn't have Indy Edge money, so we, we played in what we could afford. <laughs> we did, I laugh when, like, they're on the streams, they're like, oh, they have their home uniforms on. They have their away uniform. Oh, they have their red uniform on. Like, we had one uniform. <laughs> that was the end. No, no. Cardboard cheese grater jersey. <laughs> Good for those guys. The laundry, Neil. well i did have a a, like a couple versions of my own but we didn't have different like colors or different versions Uh, most of us did buy you know uh laundry at the world series especially when you play you know you guys know what i'm talking about when you're playing four or five days deep you, you need those extra jerseys oh yeah E, I appreciate you jumping in again. This is like your seven billionth time you've been on the Beatball Blues show, I think. <laughs> Somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. You know, of I always course. like coming on and talking to the people. Uh, I always like having you on. We're going to dive into your season and all the seasons. If you guys would for a minute, though, because this is Corey White's first time on the show. 
Man, Corey, I, I, if I could get a little background on you, just, uh, you know, I, I always like to find out how people ended up playing beat baseball, man. What's your, what's your background? How'd you end up with us? Uh, I went to the blind school with Eric and, um, I used to hang out with Eric and Tyler and Miguel a lot, uh, growing up and, uh, we all went to the same school and one weekend I went to Lisa's house and Eric was already playing. This is around the time where they didn't want any kids to play beatball. Remember that? <laughs> Have we gotten yes, past sir, that? Yes, sir. I do remember that, Mr. Corey. Yeah, they didn't want us to play, and the only team that would pick us up was the Comets. So uh, my first year, I played with the Comets. I think that was like, what was that 13, Eric, or 14? Uh, it was 2014 was your first yeah. year because my first year was uh, 13. Yeah, so 2014, that was my first year playing. I'll never forget it. I got the uh, – I let Sam from the comments cut my hair, the girl. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Sam Smoker. Yeah, and she gave me a mohawk, and I looked like uh, Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> Play dude, ball that was it. one of the funniest beatball <laughs> memories ever. He really <laughs> looked like Mr. T, dude. It was hilarious. You got pictures of that? Cut your hair. We played we played Boston the next day. I went six for six. It was my first time batting six for six against Boston. And that I think was we the, ended up winning that game. That was the twenty fourteen season still? Yes. How old were you then? I was fourteen, fifteen. Man, going six yeah, it was, for six. It was pretty cool and they were like that was the I'd say probably one of Corey's first big breakout games. Like, this boy was hitting third-row balls as a 15-year-old. Like, it was crazy. It was nuts. I know uh, from uh, uh, your brother Corey on was on the show. Golly, it's hard to believe it. I think that was like three years ago now. But uh, talking to him about, you know, that background and getting into the sports, he, he was talking your whole family up. Like, you, you come from a sports family, right? Yeah, man. We all – yeah, I played – football play basketball we i did it all but i stuck with beatball i think that was that's what uh got my attention and that's why i've been sticking with it how how long were you able to play football what like what age did you step away from football um, i did play peewee for like two years two and a half years um turned around dude uh, end up going to high school and I played high school football for a little bit. I was second stream corner back for L. Lawrence Central when I left the blind school. All right. And uh, yeah, that's really all the sports I, you know, attend. I played basketball for Lawrence a little bit. Fair enough. Probably. Fair enough. Well, cool. I appreciate I appreciate all of you. Let me uh, indulge a little bit here. I want to carry on. Go ahead. I can't forget about the blind school. Um, we won, me and Eric together won a couple conference championships there. Playing what? Go, like goal ball? Goal ball. Okay. I got, a, I got a conference championship in goal ball, and you can never win track. We always got second. We always lost to Tennessee. We won a couple in wrestling, too. Like, yeah, it, it, we was won actually, it was pretty cool. Like, we, we kind of ran it when we were at the blind school together. It was me, Tyler, Corey. Chris. Chris, Chris, yeah, no, like we had all, we had a squad. I, uh, I, 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 I didn't, I, w I went to public school. Um, I didn't, I didn't go to the school for the blind, but 
I've never really heard that, that that there was this much interaction in like the competition between the schools. I didn't realize there were conferences and whatever. I mean, that's yeah. that's really cool. I mean, it I should can't be. really speak for the other ones, but right. I know like you know because we played with. I think there was about eight or ten schools, like blind schools, that were kind of in our conference. Mm-hmm. And man, you know, everybody took it pretty serious. Like you yeah. know, everybody was wanting to win, and yeah, it was it was pretty serious how we I'm took actually, it. It um, was competitive. I'm actually the wrestling coach at the Indiana School for the Blind. Are you? So, yeah, yeah, I coach. I wrestled my whole life, and you know, got fourth in state in 2012. Before you know, when wrestled in college for a year. So me and another guy named Dave Brown are the coaches, and yeah, they there's a whole conference. Tennessee does like a hybrid though. They uh they re- wrestle a public school schedule, and uh, we get to go to a couple of their tournaments. So when we go down there and wrestle them, it's all public schools besides get out. us. Tennessee, Georgia comes sometimes, and Missouri. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> why we, you say it like that? Yeah, Missouri. <laughs> well, they they have a little different rules. Like they like with he ain't been to Missouri school for the blind. That's why he's saying that big A. Uh, no, it's because <laughs> they have different rules, like with ages and things. Because uh, we just don't have a lot of. It's hard to fill a twelve man lineup, so we have to like Missouri can only wrestle like middle schoolers only wrestle middle middle schoolers so it's a little hard sometimes getting matches with them so i don't know much about them fair enough fair enough all right let's uh let's jump into the kind of a round table about the the 2023 season in general obviously it was successful overall you guys just won your second championship together ac man i want to start with you when, when I put out my own personal rankings and had you guys at third, how much hate did Leah throw my way? Because I feel like oh. I might, I feel like I might damage my friendship with Leah for her life. <laughs> oh man, you were a household name for a while, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it is what it is. They're they're just throwing things against the wall, so we understand. We, you know, I like flying under the radar. Put us at the end, you know, we'll play some of the good games. We don't care. Uh, now we didn't throw too much shade on you, you know. <laughs> Uh, told everybody yeah. to stop following you on Facebook. You know, <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop, stop listening to the stupid show. He doesn't right. know what he's talking about. Spam, spam, spam. Yeah. I, I, I can back up. I can back up. Big A. We wasn't. We wasn't throwing too much hate your way. We were just like, dang, okay. Well, we got to get better. That was our. That was our mindset with it. Honestly, in, in all fairness, I, I mean, just like my own approach. Like I was kind of just keeping rankings. Like after each tournament, I was shifting stuff around or whatever. So I looked at my own rankings more than like a ranking ahead of the World Series. Just more of like a power ranking. I kept during over, you know, over the summer or whatever, and I just posted things the way they kind of ended. Now, E, I heard you on on Richie's Big Noise podcast talking about it. It's like. I'm not the only one who saw you guys as not playing at as high a level as you could play. You, I mean, you admitted that you guys weren't, um, you know, on, on the same track at, at uh, like in July this year that you were last year. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, no, it's a hundred percent fair. I mean, Aaron knows this. He's been in sports his whole life. He's played, you know, sports at a high level. Me and Corey have literally played sports since we were like kids. So like, he knows the game too. Like, Teams go through growing pains, you know, and, Absolutely. you know, we ended up getting it done this year. But I, I, one thing I'll say is I think, though, if I could put it into one word, it'd be adversity. We learned how to we learned how to handle adversity this year. And, you know, I think we're a better team for it. And I think going forward, 
you know, we it, shoot, we, we did back to back. And honestly, I think if you ask most of the squad, we'd be like, dude, we could have done a lot better. And that's what it really comes down to is like, you know, we got it done, but this isn't what the Indy Edge can do. If we focus it in and, you know, fix the thing here and there, like we, we could do some cool stuff. And I know that's what all of us want to do. And that's the definitely the goal going forward. I like the I like the word that you use adversity because um, I mean that's when I look at your two seasons the back to back championships like last year you guys weren't pushed really you know what I mean I, I'm not dropping shade on any of the other teams but there is separation between the edge and and everybody else in the tournament and um, this year you know like uh, there were there were struggles you know at some of the the tournaments um, before the world series and then you know both uh, in the undefeated game on friday and, and the championship game you, you guys had to come from behind to do it so it was a it, it was a different story I, i'll ask you uh first Corey. like do you have a preference over last year or this year do you like being pushed like that it, uh you know um I what I say about it is, um, yeah, I kind of like those back and forth games more than just going out there and stomping on a team. Yeah, it's fun, but I like more. I like to sport to be. I, I love that it's more competitive, and a lot of teams are getting better. I'm kind of looking forward for the team to kind of hit the Paralympic line you know so i want the the sport to get better and i want people to get better and yeah that's the type of games i'm looking forward to i feel you i um like you know i i played from 87 to 2009 and the 1995 tournament always stands out to me because like fort worth austin houston Chicago, Wichita, and and our team, the Dogs, like we all were pretty evenly matched. You know, each uh-huh. each game between any of those six teams was a really close game, and I felt like going into the World Series, like our, our top four, the Fire, um, uh, the the Edge, the Thunder, and the Jets were I, more evenly matched this year than any of our top four have been in a long time. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Leah, you've been Dude, kind of quiet. Neil, oh, like yeah. Let me let me um like I play I've been around beatball since 2008. And and one thing I got to give a shout out to the league for dude this was probably the most competitive like world series I've ever seen in my life. Nice. Like like you said it you said it perfectly like the top 4 it was like they were all so evenly matched but like most of the teams like you know like they would be better on defense than say the other team or like vice versa. Like it was it, there was some crazy games this year and I thought a lot of people showed out. Yeah, speaking of the crazy, I figure we'd uh, uh, save it for last. Um, but if you guys uh, have have any thoughts on like how things played out because of all the heat and all that stuff, uh, we we could uh, the, the heat index like uh, delays and all that stuff. We could talk about that. But I figure that's a little more on the boring side. We save it for last. <laughs> Leah, you've been quiet, so I want to try to force you to talk. But any any thoughts from you like comparing the, the first championship to this one? how the season um, played out. Yeah, I, I think I, I have to agree with Eric. I think that last year we kind of uh, walked through everything pretty easy. And this year we had a lot more competition. And I think, you know, all teams have been working really hard. And I think it showed this year. Um, I think we still, you know, have a lot of 
a lot of growing to do on our on our team and we have a lot of things to uh to work on for next season but i definitely think that you know the teams are getting stronger they're getting better which is great for the competitive uh side of b-ball i think that's good for other teams that, that haven't won a championship to hear both you and eric have mentioned and, and Corey, like you guys talking about how you guys just won back-to-back championships and you're seeing how like you you know there's still room to grow there's things you can work on like, I, you know, what, what fun would the game be if, like, you didn't still have some growth, you know, some, something to a goal to give yourself, uh, something something still to achieve. So, sure. That, sure. yeah, I think it's good for – You know, it was the crazy thing this last year was the amount of home runs that were hit. Oh, my gosh. That's Heck what yes. blew my mind. Like, we – uh, I think going into this World Series, if I'm not mistaken, I think the most home runs we ever had in the World Series was, like, three. I dude, think we it's beat two. That? I think Was it's it two? two. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's dude. We beat that record on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah you know, that's crazy. In that's the first nuts. game, <laughs> Corey. Let me ask you about yours. As I heard, you hit it like it was your first pitch of the entire tournament. Is that correct? I yes, sir. <laughs> uh, when you hit a home run, I didn't hit. I didn't hit four in my career. And when you hit a home run, you don't you go up there and you just swing. You really don't swing hard. You don't know that you swing that hard. You just hit the ball, you know, and it doesn't feel like you swung hard. It's just like a smooth swing. And I did, I never know that I hit a home run until I come back from the base. You know? Yeah. No, I, I wanted just, to ask you about that. Yeah. I almost hit a home run if it matters. <laughs> I still think you did, Eric. Man, it was I messed up, nearly did me wrong, brother. Eric, I think you had that wrong. one, bro. I think I think they just called you. They they didn't call, give it to you, man. I think you had hey. that. Yeah. Either way, it felt like a good hit. That thing felt yeah. good. We had we that, had so. no base judges in the back. We had we were doing our we own. We were roughing uh, it. Yeah, we were roughing yeah. it. So yeah, it right, right before that game, <laughs> right before that game, I uh, the day before I talked to Jason. Um, Head up, and um, I was talking to him, and he was like, "Is you going to show out this year? Are you going to hit another home run?" And I was like, "Jason, just for you, the first game I'm going to hit a home run." (laughs) (laughs) I love stories like that. Uh, While we're while we're talking about home runs, uh, Corey, this is my first chance I've had to ask you um, about this. But let's let's for a second go back to the 2021 championship game. Uh, It's the bottom of the sixth inning, last inning of the championship game. You guys are down seven, six. You hit a two run shot to win the game. I guess the first thing I'm wondering, because you already talked about it a little bit. How quickly did you know it was more than you just tying the game that you hit a home run and and won the game? How, How fast did you know that? Well, to be honest. When we got off of defense, I knew that I was up, and I knew I knew that I was a good hitter, and I knew who was my pitcher. I knew Jared was just going to put it there. I just had to swing consistent. Um, I didn't expect it to be the first pitch. I did not. That wasn't – I did not think it was going to be the first hit. I thought it was, I was going to sh- strike a couple times and then hit it, but no. Um, what all I can say about that is, uh, 21, I lost my grandma a couple months before the world series. Mm -hmm. And all I can say is, man, my granny took that out 
took that took that ball when I hit it. She grabbed it and pulled it to the home run line. <laughs> so it wasn't, all the, it wasn't all the bouncy balls you put in your bat first? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Been corking bats over here. Neil, don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> So, are you saying you you knew? Did you know off the bat you hit a home run? In Man, that I knew. I knew it. I knew it was a good hit. I knew okay. it, but no, I didn't know it was a home run until I heard Ump say "home run," and that's when I went crazy, okay. bro. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be one of the only times I've seen Jason Price jump the gun. Like, I because I think I was either in the, I, I no shade at all either. By the way, we love JP. But yeah. like I was in either the on deck circle or in the hole, and like I heard Corey hit that ball in twenty one. I was like, "Oh man, that might be, that might be gone." Then I hear home run. I'm like, "Are you serious?" Like I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, what in the hell?" Uh, that was uh, crazy. My, my, my only word crazy is people. Wild. Wow. I think Corey's the first person to ever uh, walk off a game and start his World Series with a home run too. I, I have no idea about starting. I mean, the chances are pretty good because it's been. I would say probably, honestly. Yeah, the chances are really good of that. Yeah. But he absolutely is the only one I've ever heard of walking off any beat baseball game with a home run, much less to end a championship game. I remember, Corey, like I was just like stunned that entire day, just thinking how how cool it was. Yeah. I mean. You know, I, I grew up, I had eyesight until I was 11. So, you know, you I, and I was playing basketball and football and all that stuff. And, you know, you grow up thinking about scoring a winning touchdown. You grow up thinking about hitting the, you know, Kurt Gibson type home run. I don't know that before that, too many people dreamed about doing what you did. You know what I mean? Like, I, you, you I've always described it like this, new dude. What Corey did that day was like, it's what we all dream about. It, you know, it, he walked off, it, it, you know, okay, we all dream about hitting a home run, but dude, he did it in probably the yeah. most crucial moment you could possibly do it in in a beatball yeah. season. Bottom of the sixth, first pitch, you hear Jared said, ready, pitch, boom, that thing's just gone. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I'm nah. jealous. I, could, I wish I had Neil, a memory like that, man. Neil, all I can say is wow. <laughs> wow. Like, dude, I that's all I can say after that game. I all I can say was wow. Yeah, no, I believe you. I mean, you left a whole bunch of people stunned. So <laughs> I'm I'm not surprised you're a little bit stunned. Man, it's a it's an amazing moment. Like I'll I, never for, I'll ahead. never forget get it after that um at the banquet I talked to Christian Kalari. They they I give them the reason we're good on defense and we're so we take defense so serious is because of JT, the comments. And we worked on defense so much our in the beginning. We didn't even work on offense. So I really don't even know like how I got good at swinging the bat. You know, I really don't because we practice defense, 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 defense. And I think the offense just came with it. I uh I had always had the belief that JT uh, helped uh, uh, had a lot to do with uh, teaching offense also. Like he was on one of the first ever Beatball Blues show and and he was talking about batting. Like I I still have all the little things that he shared um, that people should be doing, like to work on their swing or whatever. But you didn't experience uh -huh. that part as much while you were there. 
Well, we we batted, you know, but yeah. our defense is what we were really worked on the yeah, most. Yeah. yeah. You know, starting off. I think I started getting the offense when I got to the Thunder because, you know, we, we, we pitched off Booker, you know, Yikes. before Gary. <laughs> Right. Oh my goodness, Corey, you're bringing back Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> cool. Get some PTSD. No, no, no. I love Buck. Me and Buck, Corey can say this too. Hey, when we ran it in 2015, Buck was pitching to Bro, we hit some bombs. Bro, we, 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 we played Taiwan, dude, and we were up most of the game. And they just. Man. I know it's a regional, but we were, we even played the Blackhawks in 2015. They went on to have that crazy two-game series with, like, Taiwan for the series and everything. But dude, we, we were neck and neck with uh, Austin when we were all little kids and stuff, dude. It was, it was crazy. Like, I think it was, like, it was 10 to 12. We were on, like, a little time, time frame thing, so we just ran out of time. So I think they got us at, like, the fourth inning or fifth inning, something like that. Man, listen, Books. you guys, you guys complaining. You guys had Buck when he got pretty good. I, I was playing when he started pitching, and <laughs> hey, uh, nah, it, I saw, I saw Buck on the come up. He, he was a lot better, Corey, when we got him. I ain't gonna even lie. Whoa, they used to call him Ground Ball Buck. It was so mean. I'm like, dude, why y'all don't talk about wow. this? You guys think, you guys think that. You guys think that's me. My nickname for Book back around 2004 was Shutout because he. Oh. Just, <laughs> now, now he Dang. denies this. He denies <laughs> this. No hitters. He's denied. He denies this. But there was a a game the Thunder played either in 03 and 04 where they were shut out, not against the Dogs, and it it wasn't at the World Series. It was during like a summer tournament or whatever. But he he denies it. But I wouldn't have just started calling somebody shut out because they didn't shut somebody out. You know what I mean? So, right. But I don't have any actual proof, and he denies it. But my nickname for book for years Yo, was shut out. <laughs> we used to have um, we used to have a nickname for um, Kyle Kennedy. You know, we used to call his man One Run. <laughs> we were oh. on the Thunder. <laughs> Uno. And the reason the reason was was because. Uh, we had a game in 2018 against the edge and it ended up being 18 to one. Dude. So everything. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even that they were hitting bad, dude. They were. No, dude, that was probably some of the best defense that whole thunder team ever like played together. Like, no, we we were just going crazy that day. Like Kyle pitched a good game, but he he still only got one run in there. So like that, that, man, we used, we used to call him that. And it was, it was, uh, it was kind of mean, but he, you know, we love him. (laughs) You um, know we love. Where you, you guys, you, you guys, you guys call book ground ground ball book. We used to call Greg Power ground ball. Uh, we just call ground ball Greg. Or we, we tried to make it just sound it out like Gurjaja. Or I don't even remember how we said it, but we 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 called Greg ground ball Greg for a long time. <laughs> so let let's jump into a few things because honestly, man, you you guys. Uh, been setting history. I don't know if you guys know that are equaling history in one case. So Corey, your brother Corion, Eric, the three of you have now won seven straight championships, equaling um what what the players on the Austin Black. I love my did. brothers new. Yeah. I love them to death, but I'm the only one that has seven straight. Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. You know? No. Yeah, yeah. No, and I don't, I don't mean that I, to I make me play. sound like a cocky douche. No, you're I'm good. To, yeah. 
no, fill me in, because I thought that you guys were all together for the five on uh, the Thunder. Corey and Corian have six, so like, I mean, they're 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 just a step behind. But yeah, it, it right. was because of 2016. Corey and Corian didn't really come on to the the fold or whatever, if you will, until 2017. Okay, all right. The year all we right. played Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, that where we double dipped Taiwan. All right, all right, fair <laughs> enough. Well, then that it's I mean, still cold though. <laughs> And is Miguel at six also? Was he yes. with all five with the Thunder? Yeah, Miguel's Actually, at six. Okay. Yeah, Miguel's got six. No, but I mean, seven in a row was only done by the players that were on the Austin Blackhawks from 92 to 98. Nobody's done more than seven. So if you, uh, you, you know, you get another one next year, Eric, man, you're, you're setting history. Let me, uh, history. you know, uh, Something that was like kind of cool about you know getting seven because like I'm not gonna lie I was all year long I, it was in the back of my head, all right. Like you know because not I've I've always had respect for Kevin Simpson I know he was a part of that whole journey and I believe Lupe Perez was a part for at yep. least six of them if not the whole. No, he was with all ride. seven. I, I I couldn't tell you how many there there are a few like Wayne Simpson was there for all seven. Yeah, I was like, just, they, I know they have a, a group more names. No, yeah, there's a group of them that were there for all seven. I don't know the whole group, so that's why I'm not. I'm not gonna lie; it was it was honestly for me personally. It was I don't usually focus on things like that. You know, I'm always just let me get better at defense. Let me swing this bat better. That's usually all I'm thinking about. But like this year, I was like, damn, I got six. This is no. If we win again, dude, I'm literally tying a dynasty like that. That was that made me smile. It made me feel good about myself because I, I love beatball. You ask anybody, I'm they say I'm too intense out there, but I just love the game. And, you know, like all season, once we had won, I was like, holy crap, I just did it. I was like, dang, we just tied the Blackhawks. Like, that was the best, you know, team ever as far as winning consecutive yeah, yeah. championships. Yeah. That was an honor to be, to be, I guess, introduced to that class. Well, here's a class that you are in all by yourself, and we failed to notice it last year. Last year, when you won the defensive MVP, you won your third straight defensive MVP. Nobody's ever done more than two. There's been three in four years, but there's never been three in a row, and you just picked uh, another one up this year. So your four in a row on defensive MVPs like sets the standard. Nobody's had more than two in a row. I don't know if you're aware of that. I I did not know that. <laughs> now, you got me smiling uh, right now, dude. I ain't going to Wow. We didn't – oh. the, the league didn't separate offense and defense until it, it started in 1988. So, for the first 12 years, there were just like 10 people named to the all-tournament team, but some for defense, some for offense. Uh, um, but, you know, since 88, nobody has done – three in a row and you did that last year now four in a row and you're second only to eric masriegos now in defense mvps i thought he going from memory i thought he had six but i was only able to find five today so you are now second behind eric masriegos for most defense mvps it's funny uh, you bring up emas that's the homie uh we've probably talked only maybe once or twice in person i looked up to eric a lot growing up and uh yeah, that's I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's that's awesome, dude. No, Heck you're yeah. on you're on an awesome run. So you all got Can some. Can I guys awesome... tell you a story? All right. You guys remember well, Eric, we played for the Thunder. You guys remember Larry? 
from Boston. Oh, yeah. Larry Hale, I think. So when he that? when he hit that bomb over my head when I was a young kid, he hit like freaking he used to torch me, bro. Like he hit four bombs back to back over my head when I was young. I was like 14. I played for the Thunder and they beat us. That's what made me want to learn how to hit and, you know, get my hitting down packed. Yeah, yeah. Him hitting the ball like that. He used to hit sky balls, dude. Like, they won't touch until he get the base, you know? I remember he, it was uh, it was Larry Hale. And, dude, that was Christian Thaxton. It was either yeah. his rookie year or his second year. Dude, Christian, that boy's had a problem with the ball since he started him too. playing. Like, <laughs> him, too. Yes, Man. dude. That, that's who made me want to start hitting the ball and losing it. Them, too. They can lose the ball, dude. And it's crazy. Uh, he's one of our – we talked about you – know, there were 10 total home runs hit at the World Series this year. Both Christian Thaxton and David Smith hit three apiece. That's and then wild. we had then we had Corey White, White Lightning, um Bill Landrum, and Justin Holland each hit one apiece. That, hey, we it. gotta we gotta give a shout out to the old squad. We got Billy. I've known Bill since you know my first year playing. I'm glad he got another home run. And then Dustin, the youngin, yeah. youngin. What, what's his name? Youngren? Isn't that his last name? Yeah. 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 yeah Dustin, I saw him hit that home. Dude, that ball was smashed. That thing was gone. Like, I, I was did, like, wow. I, I never heard anybody talk about Dustin's power before. I, that, I, I wasn't ready for that, but that dude's not white lightning anymore. That's thunder and lightning. He's, he's got that both. Was kind of That was kind of the crazy thing. It's like, dude, if I'm going to keep it totally a stack, you know, I've I played defense for 10 years now, 11 years, if you want to count the COVID year. And, dude, Dustin really wasn't a power hitter. Like, dude, I don't know what happened this season. <laughs> dude, that boy, I don't know if he was eating his beanies or something, but, man, he uh, Spinach. He came out and went crazy. It was awesome. Yeah, Shouts out to him for working hard. Definitely. Um, look, we need to jump around a little and, and get uh, Leah and Aaron mixed in. But, Corey, before I, I go to Leah – I want to ask you about uh, walk-offs. You've now walked off two of the last three championship games. As far as I know, the only one in the league history that's got two is is Lex Gillette. He did it in back-to-back years in 10 and 11. But, man, I've, I've talked about walk-offs on, on the show before. Like, it's more than just coming through. Like, your number has to come up at the right time and the right moment. Like, uh, you know, where, where do you feel like being in that moment? Like, are you getting used to it because you're always there? Do you dream about that moment? But, you know, Bro, I, I literally, I dream about being in that position. Like after my first home run to walk off, well, I, that wasn't me my first home run. That was my third of my, my career. Right. Um, after that one, it was just like, dude, I, I, I'm living. For, I live for those moments. I want to be in that spot. I want everybody to depend on me. Like I love being in that position. Right. It's the pressure. And I, all my life, I've been under pressure. It doesn't phase me. That's where I want to be at. Well, you certainly respond in that moment. I uh, like literally I, I played for over 20 years and I said on the show that I can only think of two times I was even in that position. But now that I think back, 
I, I've only been in that position once, it, like in a World Series game. Yeah. Some of some of our other like local games here in California, whatever I have. But at the World Series, I've only been in that position once, and I I, I didn't step up, Corey. <laughs> I failed. I failed, man. Yeah. So, it's I, it's a lot of pressure, but you gotta you gotta put it behind you, you know, and do what you know you can do. Yeah, you don't go up there thinking like, yeah, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, you know. Well, you, you do want to do that, but you also want to go up there not with a big head, but you want to go up there confident and you know. Well, I just I, I don't even know how to explain it to be honest. It's just shoot. I would think in a lot of <laughs> ways know. you gotta treat it like any other at bat so that you don't make the moment too big and, and distract yourself in a way. You know what I mean? I would I'd like in my my own like thoughts i would think like in that moment i would just be worried about like my fundamentals you know what i mean coming through with my swing i remember telling c white and you can ask him i tell him this all the time give me 90 percent, baby <laughs> you give me 90 percent. you don't want to swing for the fences i think we might have lost Corey. well i'm sure we'll we'll get him back um leah are you with us yeah. <laughs> excellent you know, uh, I, I've already said during this episode, my, my very first year, I, I got to attend the 86 tournament for a day, but I was, you know, I wasn't playing or anything. My, my first tournament playing was in 87. And I remember when the um, bank at the banquet, when they're giving out awards and they gave out the Jim Quinn award and I'm, you know, 19 years old, my first year, I got no idea what it is or why. And I was sitting next to Dave Horn for those who, who remember he was an umpire for about 10 years, but he, he was the uh, spotter for the first uh, two teams, first three teams, I guess I played with at the world series. Um, but I remember uh, like, what, what's this award? And he's like, man, this is the MVP of the entire league on and off the field. And that has, that has always stayed with me and that that's the way I look at that award. Um, so first that's super cool, super cool way to think of that. That's really never thought of it that way. I've, I've, uh, I mean, I didn't come up with it on my own, but I've never stopped thinking of it that way, but first congratulations on winning the Thank Jim you. Quinn award Thank because you so much. I literally think it, it's just, a, it's a, a tremendous award. And I know that, you um like i i feel like every team kind of has someone like yourself <laughs> that's doing wearing a lot of hats and doing sure. a lot of things and i think all those teams should recognize that and make a point to to nominate the the people who are doing all that work but so shout out to your team for recognizing it and and nominating you because you nobody's yeah. going to ever win that award without being nominated but uh, since, since you weren't able to say too much at the banquet, well, <laughs> share, share with us uh, your, your response to winning the Jim Quinn Award. Yeah, I was, as you probably remember, I was at a loss for words, pretty much. Um, I kind of knew about halfway through it might be me, and I just kind of went blank. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know for sure if it was going to be or not, but right. um, it was kind of, to me, almost like, a full circle from starting, you know, playing ball years ago with Steve. And, and actually I just was, you know, just watched him play years and years ago and, and then became more interested in the game, you know, spotting and stuff when I was with the thunder. 
Um, but it kind of went full circle because it was almost like, you know, starting, starting from literally like the girlfriend to, you know, putting together a team and running a team and doing tournaments. And it, it just went full circle for me. And it was, that's one of the reasons it was so overwhelming. I think. Oh, I, I could under, I could relate. Like I've, uh, pe- people have threatened nom- nominating uh, me for that in the past at different <laughs> times or whatever. And just the, the thought of it, you know what I mean? Thinking about like receiving that. I, my, my response would have been exactly what, what yours is or what yours was at the banquet. Like I'd be speechless. I, mean, it, yeah, uh, I, I really was. And I'm usually not at a loss for words. I mean, I, I can usually, I can usually talk pretty well, but I was that night. I, I was just overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is the best way to, to put it. But it, it was a great overwhelming feeling, though. And I've gotten, you know, just tons of people that, you know, follow me on Facebook and, you know, et cetera, that have asked more about it and um, when I put it out there. So, I mean, not only did it, you know, mean a lot to me, but a lot of people that, that um, you know, I have as friends on Facebook wanted to know what it was, what Beatball yeah. is all about. And, you know, spreading the word, too, about, you know, the sport that means so much to us as a family. Yeah. I, uh, and, and really, again, I mean, the family more than just to me, you know, the family's more than just, you know, me, Kyle and, and Bree and Steve. I mean, the, the family yeah. that we have, you know, as a team is, is huge. I mean, we're, we're all very close. Whenever like beatball conversations coming up, especially talking about the world series, like the word family always comes up and we're not talking about blood re- relatives all the time. You know what I mean? It's a, so many of us look at it as a huge family reunion and, like I, I lived it again after I, I hadn't been at a world series in 14 years and I never at any point in time that I was at the world series felt like I ever left. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt like I was right back at home. It, yeah, it, it does. It just seems like you're back where you left off. So I, I can't stress enough uh, that sure. I appreciate that your, your team nominated you and recognize what you're doing. And I, I encourage other other teams to do that. You know, Roger Keeney, who's no longer with us, also mm-hmm. um, was awarded the Jim Quinn Award. And and I, I did another show, uh, uh, the Eyes Free Sports Podcast with Demetrius Morrow, and we talked about it. And Demetrius said it well, like, we got to give people their flowers while, while they're here. You know, if... If anybody yeah. out there is seeing like someone on your team doing all the wearing all the hats that Leah wears on, on, on the edge, like recognize that and, and, you know, start writing it out and, and nominate them because it, they, they deserve to get it while they're here earning it, I, I think. So and I, I know just from yeah, that's for your... sure. And I think to Oh, we lost her. Yeah, say a lot of times I think. Are you there? Yeah, you're, you're buffering better. a little bit. So, okay. but go ahead. You're clear now. Okay. Okay. No, I was gonna say I think one of the one of the things that um for you know doing all the things that you know a team manager or whatever you want to call me um is I think it really is one of those jobs that you know you have to do it and you want to get it done, but it's it's not one of the most glamorous things you can do. <laughs> and no one appreciates and, it. <laughs> well, and sometimes I think it's it's overlooked and for other people out there yeah. that are that are that are doing it, I mean, hats off to you because I know the work that that it takes to to put everything together and make it run smoothly. 
No, I, I feel like every team, and I've been saying this since like the 90s to helping other teams get started. I feel like every team ends up with one or two people that do the majority of the work, carry the majority of the stress. I didn't mm-hmm. realize not every org- organization's the same, but I do believe that most teams fall into that category. Yeah, and, thank you. In a lot of cases, they're carrying a lot of weight, spending more money, spending more time, whatever. So, again, yeah. just team, teams should recognize that and give them the love while, while they're here doing it with us. AC. Well, I was very grateful for it. Yeah, yeah no, certainly. And congratulations again. Aaron C., we put you to sleep yet? <laughs> no, 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 no. Dude, let's get an update on you, man. I, I know you, uh, you know, talk about the injury to your hamstring because uh, you, you got injured early and you, you ended up playing the majority of the tournament on a bad wheel, if I understand things right. Yeah, I blew her out uh, on turn three at IMS here in Indianapolis. <laughs> no, uh, I, uh, what was that, Thursday morning when we had to play those, you know, 6 a.m. games? Yeah, yeah. A, a man of my mass, you know, doesn't get warmed up that well. Uh, <laughs> Just, you know, popped it going down the first baseline. Uh, luckily, I had Bree and Leah. They were there to quickly try to figure out what was going on, putting different, uh, you know, heating things on there. I had Eric's Thero gun going on it. So a little extra precaution for the Boston game, just doing a lot of – or not Boston, the Philly game, uh, just doing a lot of stretching. Kind of just felt like somebody was pushing on the back of my leg the whole day. <laughs> Oh, and then, okay. yeah, uh, now I'm doing a uh, physical therapy uh, every Monday at two o'clock for like four to six weeks, depending on progression. Uh, but yeah, they think I got like a, uh, there's like degrees to tears, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I got like a second degree tear. It was all black and blue. looked real gnarly. Got a couple pictures. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, if I'm not there to win, you know, there's a difference. You know, I played sports my whole life, still play sports. You got to battle through adversity, like, you know, so it, it sucked, but got it done. And Neil, I just want to say he did. He played like a champ because I don't think that anybody else would have done what he did. He came through in some big moments for us. No, it's uh, it's it, it's big tough. facts. It's tough to play on a bad wheel, right? You know what yeah. I mean? You, you got to grit it out. Uh, Back in the the 98 World Series, we were playing uh, the Wichita Sonics before they became the Kansas All-Stars. And uh, we we were playing, we had uh, 98, I guess we were coming up through the losers bracket and they had just lost the undefeated game to Austin. And uh, so we were playing, you know, to get to be the other team in the championship game. And we won the game pretty easily. But I'm embarrassed to say that Steve Stambaugh, who had pulled a hamstring and they they were out of players, like they everybody on their bench was injured, he hit and ran to the base backwards with a bad hamstring and scored on us. We talk about the great West Coast Dogs defense, man. Stambaugh scored on us running backwards, dude. Neil Dog, you know what's hilarious? What's I that? actually talked to Stanball like a probably back in like 2016, and he told me about that story. <laughs> he said, "Bro, he's like my right leg was just trashed." He says, "So I hit the ball, flipped my butt around, was out of there." I was like, "Wow, all right, well, get it how you can get it, right?" Engage those quads a little bit more. Yeah, uh-huh. they didn't have KT tape and that kind of you know technology back in the day. I guess. Dude, right? I guess. Dude, 
Steve Stambaugh was old school. That that dude would score regularly, played great defense, and he was chain smoking on the sideline the whole time. So <laughs> that, that dude's old school, man. That's old <laughs> Yeah, we're talking like Mickey Mantle <laughs> type stories with that guy. Man, yeah, uh, I love that. <laughs> so um, I, I'm curious because I've been getting a lot of uh, feedback from, from people on different teams coming out of the tournament. I'm guessing you guys were affected maybe a little bit less because you went undefeated and played like seven games compared to nine in some cases. But did the uh, the the time changes and and the the delays because of the heat index? Did that guy mess you guys up? Affect your your team at all? Dude, uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> we were playing the Philly Fire, and I told I even said this to Jason and Jerry, like in the meeting to discuss the time delay and all that crap. I was like, you expect, you know, these games are getting more competitive to be shorter games. I was like, this whole time thing is going to hang L's on people, and it's it, that's the worst way to lose. And, you know, I feel bad because, you know, if we would have somehow, you know, put Philly in the 12-run rule and then somehow lost due to a timeout, I'd have lost my mind. I mean, I would have lost it. I would have probably thrown Jerry through a wall. But, uh, I was, yeah, I thought that the whole time, you know, restriction, I think that was stupid in the, in the the on those Thursday games. I'll be the first person to admit it. I get they're trying to protect people, but – you know, if we're in the winner's circle, we're going undefeated. You know, we you can't restrict games. You know, it is what it is. We live in a different generation. There's more athletes, you know. There's all kinds of, you know, technology that's been advanced to keep people competitive and, you know, enhancing athletic ability, not just, you know, TRT and stuff like that. But, you know, we're going to have games that go really long, and unfortunately it's going to happen. I was uh, surprised that the five-minute hydration breaks was included in the two-hour and fifteen-minute time limit. So that's yeah, really that was, that's really saying you're only getting two hours and five minutes. And I yeah, know that was that was dumb. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't I don't know what went into it. So I, don't, I don't know. I'm trying to hold back a little bit on not being too harsh on my my response or whatever. Just kind of gathering information, but. Uh, that that seemed limiting. Um, Eric or Leah, do you guys have any any comments on all that? I know I the six a.m. game was rough for. I mean, coming back and being on the field by like five o'clock, you know, to be ready to play at six was after, after like know, an eight o'clock p.m. the night after before. Like, for, yeah, exactly. Waiting yeah. till ten o'clock for them to figure out what we were going to do. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of rough. And and it I'm kind of with Aaron. I think that. It, it, I'll say it was really one of those things where that was definitely the earliest beatball game I've ever played. <laughs> Man, I was like, wow, let's say like the sun ain't even peeking at us yet. And we're already about to get active. Like, yeah. What is going on? And there was an ample time to, to get, like, like Aaron said, to get warmed up and to stretch. I mean, because, you know, nobody wanted to be out there at 430 in the morning. <laughs> I think I had my jersey on because we didn't even know what was going to go down until right, like we, yeah, we were, 6 we were 30, 7 o'clock. So, like, I, yeah. I was literally still all sweaty and smelly. And we had met up at the main hotel because we thought maybe we'd have to go out and play a 9, 8, or 9 p.m. game. Yeah. But yeah, we ended up having to play that next morning. And so, yeah, it was a crazy, what was that, Wednesday going into Thursday or something like yeah. that? Yeah, right, that's, when, that's when I got there. It was Wednesday night. And then I'm just like learning. Uh, I knew the wool game. Like as soon as I landed in Oklahoma, I called uh, Axel Cox 
thinking that the wool game was going on. I wanted to know if I'd be able to make the wool game or not. I was literally going to take my luggage and everything straight to the wool game. And he's like, no, nah, I got canceled. But that's all he told me. I didn't know until I was at the hotel that all kinds of games were canceled and it was up in the air. What was going on? But that was man, um, that was the first time I've ever played beatball where like we stopped playing because because of the heat. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And it was kind of funny because um, on Tuesday, I swear it was hotter. I swear it was hotter. And we didn't we, we they didn't say nothing to us. There's there's been a lot I'm of discussion afraid. on that. <laughs> there's been a lot of discussion that it's been there. there There's no consensus on what the degree was that called things off and what the degree was on yeah. Thursday or went like there. I don't see I will people say agreeing. one thing. It was hot. Like, don't get me wrong. It was not cool. But, like, I don't know if maybe it was because, you know, we had all been out there Tuesday and we just got used to it. But I swear on Tuesday it was hotter than Wednesday when they called it off. I swear it was. I uh, I think going forward, it, it's something the league's going to have to plan for kind of ahead of time, really, because uh, uh, more and more cities are coming up with these heat restrictions. So in, in Norman when the heat index, and I, I don't know what the number is, but when the heat index reaches a certain number, nobody... I think it was can... like 110, 110. Like, don't get, like I said, it was hot, but I think yeah, it was yeah, 110. Yeah. But I, I don't know what their their threshold is for where they have to clear fields. But when, when it reaches that, whatever that number is, um, between 3 p.m. and 8 p.m., nobody can be on their, their city fa- uh, facilities or city fields. So, I mean, I understand that the MBBA was handcuffed, but where I, I think that all cities have these kind of restrictions now. And so I, I don't think that we could plan for it afterwards because it, it hurts too much to have to shift things, you know, to do it at the last minute. Like they, no, I, they, I actually agree with you, Neil. I think, um, I think you're, you're yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Because I don't think any of the teams were even like, no one was let, no one got the word that like, this was even something that we could possibly have to face. I don't like, think and, it, it was the first time though. I don't think the MBBA knew it was something they could face. Yeah. And, the- and like I said, I've shoot, I've been around from since 2018 I'm, or not 2018, 2008. Like we were in Houston, my first World Series, and it was probably about the same temperature it was in Tote or where were we at? Norman. Yep, Norman. And yeah. I don't remember that ever happening. Ever. Beaumont was worse than it was this year. Oh, I'll yeah. die on that. Hill. It was definitely more humid. He ain't wrong about that. Well, and we just keep picking all these, you know, we're playing in the last week of July, first week of August, and we're going further, you know, south. Like, hey, you know, maybe we don't go where the, the Satan's armpit is, and you know it's hot <laughs> as hell. Real, like, let's let's pick some northern states if we're worried about heat. Because you're right; it, every year hey. it seems like it's getting worse and worse. It's like let's let's be conscious of it. These last couple World Series, man, it's been toasty. Yeah, Wichita, even Kansas was Wichita, hot. Yeah, Wichita was really hot. Also, I wasn't there, but I know I know what the heat got up to or whatever. Um, the the difference now though is there because kids it, it has a lot to do with like high school sports and stuff. Um, you know, kids and people have been having problems with heat exhaustion, and so to like you know protect themselves, cities are implementing more rules than than what was before. And I didn't even realize. 
until talking about it here on the show with Bam Bam, like he has to deal with that as a football coach. And it's not something he had to deal with in the past. It's their new restrictions. And I haven't looked ahead to see what kind of restrictions St. Charles um, uh, might have. But if they have any rules like what they had in Norman to where the fields have to be cleared between this time and that time, like they can't decide that at the last minute. It screws up everything with volunteers. Teams don't know what's going on. So I I think the MBBA has to be proactive at this point and see what kind of restrictions St. Charles has. And whatever they are, we need to try to avoid like those time slots because you can't predict when that heat index is going to hit or not. Yeah, and I think like, I think another thing to really think about too is like, dude, if we're gonna go to a place in Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma is a place where it gets hot. You know, that wasn't a surprise to me. I remember Tulsa was really hot too. Yeah. You know, and we kind of live in the day and age now where you know we're a lot more safe than we used to be. You know, <laughs> back in the day we used to be more crazy, sensitive but than now, we used to be. Now, yeah, I'd say now we actually, you know, we try to be a little more cautious, and that's something that teams should definitely be given the word but like yeah this is possible and i don't think many teams knew that that was even something hey, we might have to deal with again i i do believe the mbba did not know that like it, it, this happened for the first time ever you know what i'm saying i i can't judge too harshly when something happens for the first time it's hard to be prepared for what you don't know is coming well a lot of these heat uh you know precautions and things like that 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 goes into more you know a lot of football is played on turfs now where you don't see too many football teams and schools and organizations that are playing on grass yeah. and so yeah it might be 110 in the air but on turf it's you know 130 yeah, yeah. yeah. i've played on turf in college it, it's hot like you yeah. feel the heat radiating we have our ats like yeah the turf's 125 and it's like it's a little different when you're playing on grass yes it's hot but like those most of those advisories are let's just be real, you know, for sports yeah. that are on turf and, you know, as for turf, you know, we track maybe where they're reflecting heat. So it's like, we, we gotta be a little bit more cautious and just be like, okay, let's, it should be just a census. Like, let's talk about it before we make these drastic decisions. Yeah. No, I, I mean, now that it's happened once I, I trust that the tournament committee is going to be, you know, proactive and look at what they should uh, be expecting and, and try to plan accordingly. If not, though, we're, we're going to talk about it all year on the show, so maybe that'll help. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's yeah. really all I got for all of you, but if you all, any of you have anything else that you, you want to add in that, that I didn't touch on, man, you, you've got the freedom to do so. All-star committee's a joke. <laughs> I told you I was going to bring it up. You know? <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. We, we talked <laughs> about you. that. No, I'm go ahead. You, I'm, I'm sure. not even I'm, you know, I'm not even salty about it, really. You know, I've been playing for two years. Uh, you know, I, I know every year I'm not going to make it because Gerald Dykus is a better DH than me, and it's like he's faster. Like, if they're going to put just a DH in there, it's probably going to be Gerald. And is it absolute BS? Yeah, I you know, I think it is. You know, half some of those guys on that list couldn't, you know, hold my jersey offensively. <laughs> it's like, let's look at stats, like, just because I don't play defense because I play in one of the best defensive teams in the league doesn't mean I can't. And if we're talking two-way players, like, you want to come out and hit balls to me, DB? Because I'll I'll field them, buddy. Like, you know, that committee, it is what it is. But, you know, at least I made the – you know, he gave me a shout-out, or I think you did. Like, Aaron, see, this is why he's not on this list. I was like, yeah, okay, well, I'm never on that fucking list. So, (laughs) So, 
Well, yeah. No, I'm happy, you know, some of my guys got on there. Maybe that's it. You can't put, you know, all six edge players on there. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I don't know that there's any rules of what you can and can't do, even though I'm a, a, I was a member of the selection committee each of the last two years. Like I played a very small role in it, in it this year. Although like, you know, certainly like the last 11 people that were added uh, last, I guess, 15 people that were added is more where I, I was involved. And I, I mean, I can say your name was definitely in the mix. I think you're a little bit higher on the list um last year I, w- I was actually surprised you didn't end up with an invite last year um and i yeah. think some people like move back a little bit from where they were ahead of the world series just because other players had good tournaments you know i i don't know i i think if we did 25 players there's you know five players that we missed out on if we do 35 players there's still five more players that we missed out on yo um Neil, dog, I actually had a yeah. question for you because I, sure. I figured you might have a little more info for me. All right. So I hope. when they were doing all the selection stuff, right. I had noticed like that one of the things that got you in there was performing well at the actual all-star event. Like, could you kind of explain to me, like, was that like what they have, like offense and defensive awards there? Is that how people qualified? Well, I mean – First, that was a decision made before I was involved. So I literally had nothing to do with it. I, I, I didn't agree with that. Like, I, I, well, I feel and, like. Like, a lot of the people that got selected for that, like, you know, based on that, like, they were all good players. So, like, it wasn't like somebody that was, you know, just had a good week and got in there. So, like, no disrespect to anybody that got in there because of that. But, like, I just, I, I never saw that for, like, an all-star thing or anything. I was like, wait, you did good for a weekend, so you get to come back next year? Like, I thought <laughs> I think, that was kind of weird. I think it was a combination for the automatic selections, not just performing well at the all-star game last year, the 2022 all-star game, but also having a good 2023 season. Um, so I, I think it was a combination of the both, uh, of both, but – I felt last year and this year that, I mean, if we're doing an all-star game, let's do it on, you know, do the 2022 all-star game on the 22 players that deserve it. And Uh same with, I don't think anything about the 2023 all-star game should have touched on the 2022 season in any way, shape or form. No. Yeah. I I actually, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like, you know, it's like the NBA or the NFL, like when you make the all-star team in the NBA or you make the NFL uh, the Pro Bowl, like, dude, it's based on what you did this year. Like, you know, and like I said, none of the people that got in based on those parameters were like, bro, they're, they're good beatball players. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to throw it, any it, shade yeah. at nobody. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, it should be, we should do a, what we take, we took 34 people this year, right? Yeah. And we should do from one to 34, those people should be selected. They should have their score named out. Like, I just thought that was weird because we started off with 19 people that already made it in there. And I just was like, wait, hold on. Why? I, I had why? to start. Exactly. It was like, why are we doing this when it's so like me personally, I was, I was the number one pick in 22. Like that, that was a cool moment. They said the, you know what I mean? Like Eric's yeah, the yeah. unanimous number one pick. That was cool. So I know everybody that was selected in 22, let's do it like that again. You know, you got to earn it every year. It doesn't matter what you did the year before. I just, I, I, I don't know. That was the only thing that I was like, that was kind of weird. But to, I, to still be, a cool event. 
It is to be honest is. with you, even in 22, I came out of it feeling like some made it in on reputation more more than what they did in 20. Like I felt like there were some players in 2022 that were more deserving of, of getting the attention, and um, same same with uh, this year or whatever a little bit. So, oh, and honestly, cool. something else that I personally um, didn't didn't like at all is. You know, the, last year there were 30 total, uh, 30 players in, in, invited in total, and three of them were women players. And this year we added four. I shouldn't say we because I, I, I had no choice in any of this. But this year four players got added, so now it's up to 34, and only two women have been invited. So, I like, Demetrius and I were I feel comfortable sharing this. I, I know whatever. He's cool with it. Um like we were talking once we realized this, like, man, this is really just like a token invite to invite two out of 34 women, not to mention like kind of intimidating. Like, you know, there aren't, I don't know if I'm like, a, I think, uh, well, like, I, I mean, shoot, like Caitlin, she got invited that yeah. she's kind of, like, yeah, well, we, we've been hanging out and it's there, you know, like she, she genuinely earned it. I think what's, is her name Jay or is it yeah, Jay? I yeah. can't remember. Jay. Yeah. Jay. Uh, Jay. Yeah. She genuinely earned it too. So like, no, but I, I kind of agree with you a little bit. Like, you know, let's just, let's just address the elephant in the room. Like beatball, the ball weighs a, a pound, man. It, you know, like th this sport is unfortunately just catered to guys. That's just how it is. Cause it, it, you kind of have to be strong to hit the ball hard, but you don't have to be strong to play good defense. And, you know, like, I, the women of the league, they do matter. They definitely do. Like, Kalari Gertley, shout out to her, one of the best female players I've ever seen. We got to give them that love, man. I, and I think if we had, like, you know, like you said, at least two or four girls that can make it out there for their accomplishments, I think they should be recognized. Honestly, out of since they canceled the wool game, it's like, let's – let's give them a chance to play at a, the highest level it's like we can't we had to cancel their game their big big game of the year and it's like what, that's what their moment to like, shine no right? like, everyone looks forward for that like everyone tries to go to the wool games and it's hey, like, well, i have fun at that wool game every year they give me pizza so, you know it's a good time <laughs> i um i guess i feel like you know only at maximum seven people start on each, each side so that's already 14 players Jesus. starting you know, if you're going to have 30 players, I don't, I think 34 is just getting ridiculous numbers wise. If you're going to have 30 to 34 players, there's no reason why six of them can't be our, our six best women. You know, let, let a full mm -hmm. roster of, of women at least make the all tournament team. I realize our league's not half and half. The, the number of women playing is a lot smaller than the number of men. So, I, I, you know, I'm not going to argue that it should be half and half. But two is just a token appreciation. There, there's no real no, recognition. I, like, you know, it's almost like you throw them in there because you need to. Like, and and I want to. I, I feel like you know, they come out and you know they work they work hard just like the rest of us do. We gotta, you know, I think four is not a bad number. Say you take like the top twenty, the top twenty guys or whatever. You know, you can only put like you said, Neil. You can only put six people out there. Yeah. You know, seven if you get a DH and a DF. Like, a lot of the girls in this league, they, they stand out a lot because there's not that many girls to begin with. So, like, let's, let's give them a shout-out. When they do well, they deserve the credit, just like the dudes do. No, that I agree with. That I agree with. And I feel like that's a good note for us to end on. 
we have uh, we have occupied our audience for a good long time. Aaron, man, do you have anything else you want to throw out there before we sign out? Uh, no, I just you know, <laughs> you know me. I'm you know I've flown on the radar. You know, not I like to be not known, but I, I'm just kind of tired of. You know, you could definitely tell it's one sided, and the one side is not uh, Indianapolis winning more World Series. <laughs> Let's say it that way. Okay. Big A, they be hating on you, home. They hate, I mean, they're even – it's just blatantly obvious sometimes. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, <laughs> I, I'm Indiana's sorry. you are been winning for a while. It is what it is, you know. Oh, that's fair. Get yeah. better. No, that's well, you said no. – and you said this, Newell, about, you know, the dogs back in the day. Well, we didn't really care if anyone hated this because we probably hated them. So, it's like, yeah, you know. Go, boys. It's an attitude. It's like whatever. Everyone hates we, the guy on top. <laughs> we absolutely embraced being the most hated team. I will say that. Like literally, like cab drivers would tell us, they're like, "Oh yeah, I've been you know driving around all you players for the last two or three days. What team you play for? The dogs? Oh man, everybody hates <laughs> you guys. Like when you hear that from a stranger in a cab, it's like, all right, we're we're doing our we're doing this right. <laughs> I love being hated. I love being hated. Hey, oh, yeah, man. You know what I always say, brother? I always say, they hate us because they ain't us. That's that's all I would say. <laughs> Only hating because you're great. Don't hate because they're great. If they no, ain't talk I, about you, you ain't doing nothing right. I I, I thought uh, you said it well, Eric. Man, if you don't like it, beat us. You know what I mean? Put, put somebody else up at the title table and you won't have to worry about it no more. I don't ever want to drop no names, but... I actually had somebody ask me at the World Series. They said, "Are you? Aren't you sick of winning?" I was like, "How could I get sick of winning? Yeah, like right. that's the best feeling in the world. Like that's you know, I don't. It, a lot of people are gonna say that sounds like some cocky stuff to say, but dude, winning and putting in the work all year, and then you see your dream and everything that you've been working for for a whole year come to fruition. Like there's nothing better than that. So no, I'm not. I'm not sick of winning." We're going to keep getting active until somebody beats us. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Like, if we're having a race, see who could pour a glass of water faster. Like, I, I'm going to be pissed if I lose. I, I'm i somebody who hates losing more than I like winning, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not a, I don't, I don't think I'm That's a bad facts, sport. man. That's big facts right there. At least I, I hope I'm not a bad sport, but I hate losing. That that's my thing. It like losing takes something out of your heart that you don't ever Dude, you can't put back. It hurts me on like a deep level. Like it, it can be something small. I'm like, dang, I was second place. Oh, that ain't acceptable. We can't have that. You know what I mean? It's 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 just different. I always I, I call it the winner's mentality. You want to be the great, you're just different from everybody. And the way you do that is through hard work and not giving up on yourself and never and never quitting like people need to embody that more and if they did that i think a lot of people will find more success in their life Facts. and i don't think that's just sports either like you know what i mean no, if, it, if if it, you really want to excel you gotta like allow yourself to put a little ego into it you know what i mean you gotta you gotta expect i'm actually glad you said that neil a lot of people <laughs> think i have an ego i'm like no well you I, do I, I, you do I, I have, do have an, an ego ain't nobody saying you don't there's no doubt i do have an ego but like i look at it as confidence like if you're not going to be confident like at the end of the day the only person that's going to believe in you regardless of what's going on in your life is you so you got to believe in yourself. And when you start to truly believe in yourself, that's when the magic starts happening. 
we talked about yeah. pressure earlier and that that's the same situation like i love two outs two strikes three strikes give me my bat and right. stand back. i hit he more, said i, I gotta give you a good swing and hit it now <laughs> right like, i've hit walk-offs i you know i've had some clutch hits i love that feeling and that's you know say it's an ego thing it's like no i just i you know i perform under pressure and i think that might come back from the wrestling background it's like when you play a sport and it's all you you can't look around when things start to get hard you know <laughs> so i think most people in sports um have like that it, it you got to have some ego for for that drive you know otherwise what what is the drive you know what i mean you you got to have something in you that you're feeding that was, I, I, one thing i'm proud of that we kept the the dogs together as long as we did because all of us eric bam bam danny fapiano our coach don robinson myself we all had egos and we found a way to make them all work together for a good long time for the better of the team but we all had egos like i'll never be afraid to to admit that and i i think a lot of people like you're the the, the best figures in sports and acting or whatever you know that like kind of gets in the the limelight like they all have egos that's part of the drive i think man New, you know, like you and me both, you know, we can kind of we have a different perspective because, like, you know, I was part of that Thunder team. Shouts out to Thunder, great squad. But like, it, you're 100 right because you know ego plays a role in just humans in general. Like yeah. it dictates a lot of the things we do, and what it comes down to is like you can't be great if you don't have like almost this delusional belief in yourself. That's that's yeah. just what it comes down to. Like. I'm not going to lie. Every time I step on a beatball field, I'm like, I'm E. I'm about to go out here and be the best defender ever. And people are, are they going to know it? That's just what it comes down to. And, you know, you, you have to have that belief in yourself because the people that are great, they, they, they flirt with what I like to call delusion because you, you have to have almost that delusional belief in yourself to go out there and do the things that people wish they could do. That's just what it comes down to. You don't think Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, <laughs> Mike Jordan, Michael Jordan, man, like, I'm telling you, big man, Reggie Eagle. Miller, talk about Reggie Miller. Oh my lord, man, Larry Bird, no, those guys. yeah, yeah, nah, that, that's part of. I think you know, not for everybody, you know, we're all built, wired different, but for most, I, I, I you know, that's a big part of uh, getting getting where they get. Embrace the y'all. <laughs> on that note i am gonna wrap this thing up you know i've been drinking coffee all day so the old man can't sit here too much longer <laughs> <laughs> but i appreciate all you guys coming on we lost Corey quite a while ago he tried to get back in but he, he wasn't able to get connected but this uh, i got a chance to meet Corey at the world series i appreciated him coming over and shaking my hand um, but I appreciate you guys getting them on the show for the first time. Thank you, Leah, for setting this up. Eric, you always come through with me. Yes, Aaron, man, good, good, good chance to talk to you again. It's been too long since we've had you on. Yes, sir. All right. That is it for now. We got stuff lined up for the next few weeks. Next week's show, probably go get us in some more trouble. So we'll wrap this one up so we can get to that one. Everybody be well until then. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you for downloading the Beatball Blues Show. Don't need no mansion on a hill, baby.
Yeah, we be 